Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Nicole. And this is Yes Dude, the show about shit we like. Hello, Nicole. How are you? I am fine. How are you? <laughs> I also am fine. We almost had our first recording on location, but Nicole did not take her things with her. No, I did not. <laughs> Which was fine. <laughs> Didn't really matter. I wanted to, but also by the time we loaded our truck, it was very full. Mm-hmm. So we went to Bend. Uh, actually, Sun River for the weekend. Weekend. I say weekend. It was not a weekend. But yeah, uh, almost just had a recording in Bend. We did stay in Bend one night on Sunday. Stayed in a hotel and then went to our vacation home Monday, Tuesday. But like I said, by the time we loaded our truck full, there truck up, there was not enough room for my recording items. <laughs> Even though they're not very large, there was not much room to spare. We brought the party. It was great. <laughs> It's a good time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Speaking of things that happened in February, the Super Bowl happened. Yes, the Tom Brady's won. The Tom Brady's <laughs> won. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> that team did win. I had one customer asked me if I was going to watch the game when I got home, and I told him absolutely not. <laughs> but thanks for asking. That is funny. He's like, oh, you know, not a football girl. I'm like, no. I don't get to go to a party and I have to actually watch football. That sounds awful. (laughs) Right. No, thank you. There's no beer. I'm not doing it. Right? If I don't get to eat a jalapeno popper at the same time, what's the point? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Those are essential party foods. Yeah. Uh, I did not watch the game either. We did listen to the probably first quarter and then our cell service dropped as we were going over the pass. And I know it didn't bother to turn it back on because... By the time the third quarter was over with, it was a blowout. So I was really pulling for Mahomes, though. I wanted him to take out Brady. I wanted, like, rooting for the underdog. You said it perfectly. The Tom Brady's won. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. That is a good one. That's literally the update I got on my phone was like, oh, Tom Brady gets his seventh championship or whatever. And I'm like, and the rest of the team? <laughs> right. What do they get? They get rings, too. <sighs> Football. So weird. Dangerous. Don't play football. Right. And if you do, just don't play through a concussion. Or don't play football. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I'm not going to dictate what someone can or can't do. But, at but least I do be think that we should risk. just as a country stop playing football in general. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Altogether? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think youth football should be a thing. I think it should be older and there should be more protections for sure. But we'll save that one for another day. How was your day off? You had a day off today? Yes? Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Yes. How's that? Chill? Yeah. I did nothing. Yeah. Did nothing. Like all my other days. <laughs> did you have any shows to catch up on, or are you all caught up? I mean, it's winter TV season, so everything just started. So most of the days I have whatever to catch up on from the night before. I see. I don't know where SVU's at. It's been, like, a few weeks, because it started at the same time. As everything else. But it hasn't come back from, like, Christmas break. Oh. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. What you got for your first topic? My first topic, Nicole, is slippers. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did you also choose slippers? It happened. This week you chose slippers? This week I chose slippers. How? <laughs> this was my, like, I don't know what to talk about. Topic. No, That's you only wrote three notes. Slippers. I know. I have a lot of conversation things I want to talk about. So it okay, was more or less just chatting about slippers. Um, the history of slippers. I mean, basically, is you know, people have figured out how to make shoes for many thousands of years. Yes. The recorded history of slippers only goes back to the 12th century in Vietnam. Um, But in the Western world, it only goes back to 1478. Interesting. Yeah. In Chinese courts, they were wearing slippers as early as 4700 BC, which I know what you're saying. That's before 12th century Vietnam. (laughs) But I think they mean like specifically like this is how we made slippers and not just like, oh, hey, the emperor in this painting is wearing slippers. Yes. By actual trade. So I assume they mean like actual like written evidence 
of slippers versus we know that they wore them back then. So the slippers worn in Chinese courts were made of cotton or woven rush, had leather linings, and featured symbols of power, such as dragons. Interesting. That's cute. Little (laughs) dragons on your your slips. Yeah. Uh, Native American moccasins also were highly decorative, and they depicted nature scenes and were embellished with beadwork and fringe. I feel like if you live in America, you've probably seen moccasins. Probably. Inuit and Aleut people also made shoes from smoked hair hide to protect against the frozen ground, because that is Canada, Alaska. Cold the frozen, places. The frozen north, basically. Where you uh, need protection between your feet and the ground? Yes, because you're wearing them outside. Or you will freeze the fuck out of your feet. Yes, you will get gangrene and probably die back then. At the bare minimum, frostbite. Yes. Uh, Victorian men needed slippers to keep the dust and gravel outside of their homes, which is basically why we wear shoes. Well, no. <laughs> That's no. why we take off our shoes when we come well, inside. Yes. <laughs> That's to, that would be to keep it off our feet. <laughs> um, and Victorian ladies used them as an opportunity to show off their needlepoint skills, and they were often not crocheted, but... They had needlework. Like embroidered? <laughs> As dizzy. Embroidered, yes. They're often embroidered. Fancy. Yes. Embroidery takes a lot of time, so I bet some of those are probably pretty elaborate. They were. If they like... But also, m- most of them did not have jobs if they were doing that. That's true, because that was their job, probably. Like, No, I think they were doing it for themselves. Well, that's what I mean. Like, Their job was to keep themselves alive, like to provide for themselves, like create shelter, create food and clothing, and like... Victorian women? Yeah, right? From, like, 1904? Yeah. Who lived in houses and had horses with carriages? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they, like, a lot of times, didn't they, like, stay home and keep up the house? Like, was that... Well, yeah, but they're not they're not selling the slippers. They're just embroidering, embroidering their own to show off their skills when all their guests come over. Okay. So did they make these slippers themselves, or did they just embroider them? That I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I assume they bought them. Okay. I was gonna say, if they were making these things, like... That shit takes time, so technically I guess that could be a a job, is making slippers for yourself and things for yourself. But if they bought them and just embroidered them themselves, then that's totally different. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they were made of, but I assume that they got them like regular shoes. True. Shoe stores existed then. Yes. I would assume. They did. I read a lot of historical fiction. (laughs) They absolutely had shoe stores in the 1900s. My dad... Always called, I had like Uggs or Ugg knockoff type boots. Mm-hmm. And my dad always called them slippers. And I was like, dad, they're boots, they're not boots. slippers. You know, they're, they're designed for outside. <laughs> That's what I thought. But he's, now I like understand as I'm older as to why he thought that. But like, dad. Because they're soft? They had the moccasin slipperish style that he associated with house slippers. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that. Things like moccasins are more associated with slippers because they don't have, like, a traditional sole, but that it was, like, the only form of footwear. They weren't making inside moccasins and outside moccasins. Yeah, like, there was only one. You didn't get a choice. It's just what it was. Agreed. I wouldn't necessarily consider a moccasin a slipper. No, me Mostly because they are designed to wear outside, yeah. But I... Right now, I have, like... They're pajama pants. (laughs) I was going to say sweats. They're not sweats. They're just pajama pants. And like a little crop thing. Because I'm always hot. But also my toes are cold. And I don't want to waste a pair of socks on inside. Because then you have to wash more (laughs) things. More socks. Right. And we don't wear carpet. Or we don't wear shoes inside. Because we have carpet. So I wear slippers. Right now my toes are cold. (laughs) Even with the slippers on. (laughs) But slippers are great. I have deer foams. It was actually my you. second pair of deer foams. So my first ones I still have, but I recently I spilled coffee all over the top of one. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I've had these for a while and it's time for new ones. And uh, my roommate Kelsey asked me what I wanted and I didn't know. And then I was like, you know what? I do need 
is new slippers because I just spilled coffee all over these. But my friend Tara gave me my other ones. I was helping her move. And she was just like, oh, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Yes, I want those deer foams. Yeah. Yes, please. The slippers and uh, uh, Keurig. Yeah, slippers were not a thing in my household growing up. Like, Mm -hmm. it was always just socks. Yeah. So when I met Stefan, it was kind of weird for me to transition to slippers. However, I love, I I think I have three pairs of slippers now. I have, like, a moccasin type pair with, like, they have a rubber sole on them, but they're definitely made for, like, indoor. Mm-hmm. And then there is a kind of loafer style that are, I'm, I bought them a Payless, so I'm pretty sure they were supposed to be, like, actual sh- outdoor shoes, because the sole is pretty thick and they've lasted several years. Yeah. They do sell slipper did sell slippers at Payless. Yeah. I'm pretty sure these are, like... But I think most of their slippers were, like, the hang-up-on-the-wall kind of flimsy yeah, no, these ones shoes. came in a box off the shelf, so I'm pretty sure they were, like, an outdoor shoe, but I converted them to slippers because they looked just like yeah. a slipper. And then I have my Arizona State ones that are just, like, slide-ons that have, like, a fairly th- hard rubber sole, but not, like, anything I would wear outside. I probably could, but I'm not, but not for long. Yeah. What are your deer foams fuzzy on the inside? Do you prefer that, or do you? The first ones were... Kelsey had already got me something for Christmas, so she told her mom to get me slippers. And she sent a picture of the ones that I had, and her mom's like, I can't find that anywhere. Kelsey's like, it doesn't matter, just like, just new slippers. Get her deer foams. Yeah. Um, so the insides are not fuzzy, but like around the like rim where you put your foot in is. Oh, okay. That's pretty comfy, though. Yeah. Allows your foot to breathe a little more. Mm-hmm. But also keeps your ankle warm. Well, they're like the... Or like a, I don't know if it's a clog or a mule. Oh, I know it's like open about. back. Yeah, but it, it like connects all the way around. Yes, I and it's probably about. a clog. I don't know. It's like a gardening shoe, but a slipper. <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like almost in the shape of a croc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but without the slingback. I think that's a clog. Yeah, that's what I, I would a, consider I think it. a mule maybe technically has to have a heel. I have no idea. I don't either. I would I would definitely consider it more clog looking than, than anything. Yeah. That's what my Arizona State ones are. They're like fake fur lined, which is like a polyester fur, which has like been flattened by me stepping on it for the last year and a half. Yeah, that was <laughs> the other reason. I'm like, this is like not fuzzy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the moccasin type ones I have are fleece lined on the inside. Mm-hmm. And if I wash them... They'd be fuzzier. And then the ones from Payless are, like, also a fake fur, but I will, won't wash those because they're, like, that, like, suede soft material. hmm And I don't know if I want to wash that <laughs> Yeah. in my public washer and dryer in case something happens to it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck up my shoe or the dryer. I was looking at the... I looked up a list of, like, the best selling slippers or whatever and i was looking at a list from i don't know glamour or something one of the magazines that had the 13 best women's slippers or whatever and one of them (laughs) was well it's a loafer but it's a slipper but it's been designed to look exactly like a loafer but don't let that fool you it's a slipper and i'm like what's the distinction because if you do all the things that make a shoe a shoe and then tell me it's a slipper, that doesn't mean that it's not a shoe <laughs> just because right? you're selling it as a slipper. Like, it could be worn as a shoe. Yeah. Especially because it has all the things that make it a shoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just saying it's a slipper. It's a slipper. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some crossover there for sure. That's a real intellectual problem there. <laughs> what makes a shoe a shoe? A dilemma. Yeah. We need some definitions. What's your favorite kind of slipper? Oh, I was kind of thinking about that so i like the clog style with no back mm-hmm. but i always feel like those are gonna slide off my feet mm-hmm. like i have very long feet like big feet yeah so to keep the clog style on my feet is actually it takes effort <laughs> mm-hmm. so my ideal slipper would be more like a loafer style i guess yeah um but like fleecy fur lined and i definitely like the bourbon-y, suede color look. Yeah. If I could have the perfect slipper, that would be it. So, more of the lower style all the way in clothes so I could slide my foot in and fleece. And soft. 
on the top, the fabric on the outside could be soft. Yeah. But that's it. How about you? What's your fave? If you could make make your own. <laughs> Definitely not a flip-flop slipper, because what's the point of that? Right? A spa slipper is too thin. Mm-hmm. I want it to keep my feet warm, not to keep my feet off the ground. Yep. Honestly, I prefer a slipper sock over anything. Really. Kelsey, your roommate Kelsey, our friend Kelsey? Right? Yeah, I don't do we, know. How do we address her? Your I roommate, our friend? I don't know, because if we say our friend, then it's leaving out the fact that we also live together, and it's not like some random person. Then if I say my roommate, that's not some other person, it's Kelsey. So I don't know. <laughs> we gotta work on that one. I've, I don't know how to do that in my real life. Sometimes I say friend, sometimes I say roommate. Right. Yeah, same. Thank you. My friends and I use my podcast friend, but they also know you as Emily. And also my friend in Phoenix. So <laughs> you have three aliases. So anyways, Kelsey bought me my first pair of slipper socks. Yes. I love them. Mm-hmm. I wore them actually for two of the days while we were at the cabin. Yeah. The it best. was epic. I like the little grippies on them because our hardwood floors were slippery. Yes. You but... have the grippies. Also, it's nice and tight around your foot. It's not going to fall off. It's yeah. a sock. It just, it, and it's warm and cozy, but I don't sweat in those mm-hmm. like I do with slipper, which is great. Yeah, because it's breathable, because it's just fabric. A sock. Yeah. Sock, not a shoe. Yeah. They're Slipper. great. Excuse me. There's a difference. <laughs> Don't know what yeah. it is, but there's a difference, apparently. Yeah. I do love a slipper sock. I'm going to definitely look into more of those, because I'm real pleased with <laughs> that gift. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't... I don't remember really having... I mean, I guess... I think I had, like, monster feet slippers in, like, junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the hell those came from, because they were like the big, like fluffy kind with like the like the just the thin bottom, and you just like put your feet in them. Yeah, I don't know why I had those. Did you get those from like a Secret Santa thing. or something? No, because it was junior high. <laughs> I think we did Secret Santas for Key Club one year. I don't think I ever did Key Club or Builders Club or whatever it was. I was not a school not activities a cl- kind clubber. of person. <laughs> yeah. Our teacher always asked if I was going to join Honor Society. I was like, what do you think? Yeah, I did not do clubs. <laughs> I'm not going to give up my lunch to spend time with people who don't like me. Fair enough. But yeah, uh, definitely dig the slippers around here. <laughs> That's a norm in our house. In fact, every two Christmases, I get stuff in slippers. Nice. I got him his first set, and then my parents got him a second set this year because he needed new ones because the ones I had bought him for two years ago were gross. <laughs> so he got new ones this year. Yeah. I feel like my dad always had, like, a moccasin-style slipper slip-on something. Never really had that. <laughs> I think yeah. we had, like, I had a couple of slipper socks, but for the most part, I had my monster feet ones, and that was it. I remember my grandparents having slippers. And they were, like, all about the slippers and, like, the house coats and house robes. <laughs> that was that was them. Yeah. But that was lost in my parents' generation, but I'm bringing it back. But that's my only slipper influence growing up, really, was my grandparents. Yeah. Especially in America, we don't really... A lot of places don't enforce the no-shoes-in-the-house rule. And that's kind of more what slippers are for anyway, is so you have something on your feet when you get home. Like in Japan, you have you take off your shoes, obviously, at the door, mm-hmm. and then you put on your slippers. Immediately. Yeah. They're at the door. You just trade it off. Yep. One for the other. I like we them. always just wore shoes at home. <laughs> yeah. It was socks. We always took our shoes off at the door, but it was always just socks. Oh. Yeah, we did not take our shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did when my parents first put carpet down, but like after I had been there for like five or six years... And it just needed to be replaced. My parents really quit kind of caring. Yeah. So we had a place to take off our shoes at the front door, but it wasn't like a requirement after. Yeah. We just never knew how long we were going to be inside. Because we had the barn or we had to go run errands in town or do firewood or whatever. Because we'd land. Yeah. Property. How you live too plays a factor. Definitely. Yeah. That's really funny that the one topic we... I know. I... Had an, I don't remember what my other idea was, but I was like, no, she might pick that. <laughs> so now we oh. have a dilemma. Do I go next and then you close? Or do you do two topics in a row and I do the last one? That is up to you. 
Because <laughs> we just knocked out one and two. Do we yep. want to stay our same three and four? <laughs> I mean, let's just, I'll go second. Okay. And you can wrap it up. It's fine. Cool. What you got? All right, Anne. Moonstruck Chocolate. Have you ever had Moonstruck? What? Moonstruck Chocolate Company. No. Okay. They are Portland-based. I think I may have mentioned them in the hot cocoa episode when you chatted about hot cocoa. Uh, They have some epic cocos and drinking chocolates, but today I'm going to talk about the company as a whole, not just specific products. Although we'll talk about products in a second. Uh, But Moonstruck Chocolate Company was founded in 1993 here in Portland, Oregon, and their goal is to pair handcrafted chocolates with flavors found in and around the Pacific Northwest. So they like to basically blend flavors of where they're they're founded, like their roots. I think that's cool because they could easily not do that. They do really unique flavors like beer with chocolate and that could like could could not go well if you yeah. didn't do it right. But I've had them and they're great. <laughs> uh, their factory is located in North Portland uh, in the, specifically the St. John's neighborhood as well as their factory store, uh, same location. They had and have shops downtown, but you can buy their chocolate online and well, as well and in various shops and markets and stores in and around PDX. Uh, they also do shipping. So again, order online is an option. Uh, while I was doing some research, I learned that Moonstruck is a cooler company than I originally thought. I've always liked their chocolate. They have really cool bars. They were always really expensive and I didn't necessarily know why. Uh, it turns out they're all handcrafted and designed by designers and bakers, chocolatiers, I guess. Not only do they do like print graphics and things they do like actual lettering and designs and they there's some bars that have like fresh fruit crushed on them and they sprinkle those on there with their hands so it makes sense to me as to why a two ounce chocolate bar is 14 dollars <laughs> maybe not 14 12 but anyways uh reasons they're cool uh one they have an equi- equity and inclusion statement on their website so i'm gonna read their equity and inclusion statement directly from their website it's about three paragraphs each paragraph is about two sentences so uh, Moonstruck chocolate exists to inspire magic every day. Magic that cannot coexist with injustice and, e- in- and inequality. We are dedicated to closing the opportunity and achievement gaps that exist between people of all race, color, religion, gender, gender identity or expression, sexual orientation, natural origin, genetics, disability, age, or veteran status. As we continue to learn, we enter into a deeper understanding that equality cannot be achieved without substantive effort and action to correct a and overcome the existing imbalances in our community. We acknowledge that allyship and the pursuit of equality do not have endpoints, but are disciplines we cultivate. As a result, Moonstruck Chocolate Company is dedicated to viewing all of our business practices through the lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion. We pledge that our work in this arena will not be complete until all people have an equal footing to realize their dreams and create magic. Their factory store is located, and factory, is located in an interesting part of Portland. So the St. John's neighborhood was basically where a lot of the ship work was going on back back in the day and a lot of that work was done by blacks and peoples of color and so the city of portland basically said you get to live in this this specific neighborhood so i think it's really cool that this specific company located in that neighborhood is taking a stance on on that topic i just thought it was really really neat and something i didn't know it doesn't surprise me because they're a portland-based company and that's kind of what what portland's about but which is very cool. Uh, they also support involvement by volunteerism. They pay for their so many days off for their employees to go volunteer at different charities. Also, they have a bunch of community partners they donate to. I'm going to go ahead and read a few of them. Actually, all of them. There's a handful. Mm-hmm. But quick rundown. Beam Village, so Black Educational Achievement Movement, coordinates uh, with community-based change agents in the instigates policy practices and reform and delivers culturally responsive educational experiences to black youth and adults girl scouts they donate directly to girl scouts so you talked about them when we talked about girl scout cookies so kind of know what kind of know what they do the oregon oregon community foundation their mission is to improve lives for all oregonians through the power of philanthropy OMSI, so the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, their mission is to inspire curiosity by creating engaging science learning experiences for all ages and backgrounds and to foster experimentation and change of ideas or exchange of ideas. One of my favorite memories was when you and I went there when we were younger. So I, I think it's cool that I miss place, it. <laughs> right? You should come back and we should go sometime. Uh, Q Center, uh, the Q Center's mission is to provide safe spaces 
and community building and empowerment for the positive transformation of the LGBTQ2SIA plus communities and allies here in the Pacific Northwest. And then the Youth Music Project provides outstanding rock, pop, and country music education for youth by offering tuition assistance, instrument rentals, and state-of-the-art performance opportunities. So all of those are pretty local-based, all super... I'm not going to say... That's not the word I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> um, super strong foundations to donate to, uh, super local-based and super helpful and relevant for the area that we live in. So I found all of that out while doing research on their company. And so I was just blown away by how neat that was. And such a wide, wide range too. Also, so Moonstruck sources their cocoa through Cocoa Horizons, which is an impact-driven program focused on cocoa farmer prosperity and helping build sus- self-sustaining farming communities that protect both nature and children. So obviously like children, child labor. Mm-hmm. Cocoa Horizons Foundation improves the lives of their farmers by promoting sustainable entrepreneurial farming, improved productivity, and community development. So education, that type of thing. There is a – you can pop on their website, and there's a whole link that will take you to another page and to tell you how Moonstruck works with Cocoa Horizons. And it was really neat. I didn't take a whole lot of notes on that, but um, I did think that was also something that was really cool, changing the world more than just in Portland. So mm-hmm. – all their chocolates, like I said, are handmade. Uh, they showcase the artists on their website, which is pretty cool. Each artist has their own page. So there's lots of illustrators, drawers, and all-around designers. Each one has their own About Me section. And if they have their own website, there was a link to that too. So you could pop on and meet them, see what, what they do at Moonstruck, and then also what they do on their own time, which I thought was was really neat. They're current listed partners. Um, so companies they've done collaborations with recently. Uh, Willamette Valley Winery Collection. So it was in collaboration with Stoller Wineries, Montenor, Sokol Blazer, and Araf. I've actually had some of those chocolates. Um, I think one of them was a Pinot Noir. It was delicious. Fabulous. So they do, like I was saying at the beginning, is they take local flavors and blend it with their chocolates. And it's not necessarily... Wine's a little bit easier than beer, I think. But they did a really good job with the beer one, too. So they have a sparkling wine collection, and that's with Argyle Winery, or Vineyards. They have a 2015 vintage and black what was that? Oh, a black brute as well as their vintage brute. So they have several different chocolates there in their Argyle wine collection. Then they have a distiller's collection, which is like Bull Run Distillery, Rogue Distillery, Clear Creek Distillery, Rose City, Oregon Spirit, New Deal, and Glasser Distillery. Obviously, there's some like vodkas, some whiskeys, some rums um, mixed with chocolates. And those are your, like your basic candies, liqueur filled chocolates. Mm hmm. Then they have their West Coast Brewery Collection, which was in collaboration with Breakside, Pike Brewing, and Sierra Nevada. Uh, those ones are cute. They look like little beer caps. Yeah. And then their artists paint the design of the lid on it. It's pretty cute. They're fun. Like I said, I was surprised at how decent Intricate that one was. Intricate it was. Yeah. Yeah. The design itself and then also the flavor because beer and chocolate are not two things that I would normally associate. Mm-hmm. And then they have an Oregon... Uh, growers jam collection so they had marionberry habanero a pear and ginger and then a northwest peach pate de fruit and a strawberry pate de fruit uh they're a northwest company and they don't have huckleberry (laughs) right they had a marionberry oh not the same it is not the same but huckleberry (laughs) i do like huckleberries uh that collection is currently sold out don't know when it's coming back i don't think that they know when it's coming back um it may be a seasonal thing not sure, but I have not tried that that collection. Uh, so they're truffles. They have traditional milk and dark salted caramels. Uh, they have traditional dark chocolate, milk chocolate truffle, basic. They have Irish cream filled, mm. uh, some key lime pie, those types of the classics. And then some of their more interesting flavors uh, were cardamom cake truffle. Like a cake ball? Mm. What's a cake truffle? Yeah, like a cake truffle. No, what it is a cake truffle oh, is my question. Oh, okay. So it's like a chocolate, basically, that has like one small layer of cake. Hmm. But it's like a super dense cake. My uncle sent us a box of them once for Christmas. From, so what's you know, the filling? It's basically usually like chocolate, a layer of like light jam, and then a small layer of cake in between it. So you get like the jam, like soaks into the cake and it becomes kind of dense and gooey and that becomes the truffle. Okay. And then with the chocolate is what makes it the classic truffle. So it's a chocolate shell. Yeah. 
and then there's a layer of cake, and yes. then you have the ganache inside to make it a truffle. Yeah, it's usually more of like a jelly or jam, though. Like, layered okay. between the cake and the chocolate. Okay, so the center is cake. Yes. Okay. Yes. That is my question. Yes, there's a layer of cake in there for sure. You keep saying layer, like there's something in There is, in, there's usually like the a strip. It's just like a strip. Like... And then what goes in the center? I mean, the cake is the center. <laughs> okay, so it's not a strip, it's a ball of cake. Surrounded by jam and Okay, chocolate. so usually there's like a base of chocolate, right? Like a fairly thick base of chocolate. Then there's like a small cut piece of cake. Is it flat on... or round? It's flat. Okay. The, the, cake, the cake itself is flat and then there's a chocolate like topper that's also pretty thick. That's like they drizzle on top of it and you know how it like stacks on top of itself to become thick. That's what makes it round. So like the cake itself is flat. The truffle itself is round. <laughs> okay. I did not see a picture of the Moonstruck truffles, but the ones that I had back in the day, that's what they looked like. So almost in the shape of like a chocolate covered cherry looking thing. But instead of the cherry filling, it was a cake and a little bit thicker cherry or a little bit thicker outside coating for the truffle. That's not helping, but okay. It's what? That's not helping, but okay. Okay. Cherries are round. The fucking truffle was round. (laughs) Yeah, but the cake is not. No, it's like a square on a piece of chocolate. It's like has chocolate drizzled over it. To make it rounded at the top. Anyways, back to Moonstruck. They have a mimosa truffle. Uh, they have a strawberry basil truffle. I do like the strawberry basil flavor of ice cream from Salt and Straw. So I would probably like to try the strawberry basil truffle from Moonstruck. Obviously different products, but the flavor is intriguing to me. They have a raspberry rose, which is a rose shape truffle that comes in several different colors. Last year it may work. They had a Moonstruck chocolate vendor come in the three days before Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And so she sold some of the raspberry rose truffles. I don't think I got any of those. I got some lips ones that were different flavors, but I'm just not a big fan of rose. So I don't know if I'd like that. They have a root beer truffle, which is comes in the shape of like a root beer barrel. And they have uh, one that was really interesting to me from their distillery collection was the Clear Creek apple brandy truffle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big brandy fan, but that sounds dank. So they're usually pretty expensive for bars, uh, but their chocolates are pretty reasonable. Like their single chocolates usually run from $1.50 to $4, depending on how big it is and how intricate the design is. And then their bars usually, depending on where you get them, run from between $12 and $14. I think on their website, it, they usually run about twelve fifty. Mm-hmm. They also offer, uh, like I said at the beginning, hot cocoa, a drinking chocolate. And they also just have like basic chocolate bars in addition to their to their truffles and some of those flavors are raspberry fennel uh, strawberry basil dark chocolate and then a dark chocolate passion fruit which i have had actually my boss gave me one of those over christmas break i think and that was pretty good the passion fruit is very light at the end i wasn't sure how i was gonna like it with chocolate but it's decent (laughs) Mm -hmm. so anyways did you ever have moonstruck while you were up here while you lived up here no not unless they were in longview for some reason okay I mean, it's like a, I guess, become more of like a a thing over the last like four or five years. I looked in, as with most dark chocolates, they use soy instead of like a whey product or like mm-hmm. an animal product. So you can definitely have most of their dark chocolate items. Maybe I'll have to send you some so you can give them a shot. Yeah. Although I think my window for that is closing because it's getting warmer out. And if it shifts to Arizona, I don't want it to melt. Yeah. I should do that sooner rather than later. Yep. All right. Um, final topic this week, since we have the same one. Okay. That face. <laughs> well, what I've called this is not what I wanted to call it, but what I wanted to call it has a strictly date night sort of connotation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you can't type that phrase in without <laughs> getting... Just men's magazine lists. <laughs> That's all okay. I wanted. So what I wanted to call it was setting a mood. Okay. Which is, you can't Google that without getting everything about how to get your woman in the mood. <laughs> That's not what I'm looking for. Not quite the same thing. No, not the mood. A mood. Any mood. In general, moods. Thank you. <laughs> setting <laughs> So what mood. I ended up calling it is creating an atmosphere, which sounds pretentious and I hate it. <laughs> Creating an atmosphere. And isn't exactly what I was looking for, but basically, 
<laughs> I have notes, and I'll talk about those in a minute. Basically, what I'm saying is just, like, setting up your space to relate to whatever you're doing. Yeah. Like, like setting a mood. Yeah, like, sometimes when we do yoga, especially a yin, I'll, like, light a candle and, like, turn down the lights low. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm doing laundry, I'll turn on some tunes and, like, create an upbeat, like, environment uh, to, yeah. like be productive or if i'm in the shower sometimes i'll turn on some music and like set like a fun especially if i have to shave my legs that's always a drag so i try and turn on music to do that to make it like a happier mood that's why i mostly don't shave my legs and also (laughs) i don't either really i uh don't like the quiet so i almost always have either music or a podcast playing when i'm in the shower there you go (laughs) not because i want it to be upbeat but just because it's so quiet yeah well, and that's kind of it, is I haven't shaved my legs in a long time. Like, I just shaved them and they were, like, an inch and a half long. I'm like, ooh, go self. That's a, that's a while. <laughs> then if I do that, it takes for fucking ever. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Well, I'm sitting here shaving my legs. I'll just listen to this music. Yep. Mostly I do it when I'm reading. Because there's nothing better than a book that just, like, makes you forget what's happening in the real world. And it's like, I know that I live in Arizona, but right now it's raining wherever i'm at (laughs) right like i'm in london and it's raining and i'm drinking a hot coffee somewhere (laughs) like let me set this area up to be such the great thing about brains is that we're humans have evolved a lot but you can also trick your brain into doing a lot of things brains are very powerful and also very dumb sometimes yes (laughs) if i turn down the lights and grab a the turn down the air and grab a blanket and put like some rain up on youtube on the tv it's cold (laughs) even if it's 90 degrees outside exactly my brain doesn't know that it hears the rain and it knows that i'm chilly and we're there (laughs) (laughs) thanks brain i read a book about it was set at a summer camp last year and it was like i think i read it in october because it was like a scary book but i definitely just like pulled up a campfire on the tv and burned like a, I don't know what candle it burned, but it burned a candle. You can do a lot <laughs> with just like some scent. Dude, a pumpkin scented candle always, yeah. a candle, candle <laughs> always sets the mood for like fall and like a rainy day and a blankie. Mm-hmm. A yeah, book. I really, I forgot for a second. I was like, oh, it's like, it's not, it's not that. <laughs> I'm at home. <laughs> but it's just so nice. You can just kind of be wherever you want to be. Again, I mostly do it for, you know, reading. So I can really be there. (laughs) But I'm making motions with my hands so that nobody can see. (laughs) But also, I mean, you know, if you watch a scary movie, you turn down all the lights and (laughs) make it all dark and scary and spoopy. Set the mood. Yeah. You're just setting a mood (laughs) in general, not a sexy mood. Yeah. Or, like, if your friends are coming over and you, like, throw on some, like, chill electronic or, like, chill, like, lo-fi mm-hmm. to, like, set a good vibe mm-hmm. for the evening. Just yeah, feel it. That's a good one. I did find... I had notes, remember? Oh, that's <laughs> I right. Found, I forgot. I found an article from, not specifically what I was looking for, but about creating an atmosphere in your home. And there was a an article... On an interior design website. And this is more of a permanent atmosphere (laughs) kind of setting. Not like, find a roaring fire on the fireplace because it's Christmas. (laughs) It's more like an everyday aesthetic then. Well, I mean, it's more permanent than just, you know, light a candle and... A mood for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing you need to ask yourself is, what type of atmosphere do I want to achieve for this space? Because we're talking about... Setting the atmosphere, you know, for creating the atmosphere for that space, whatever, you know, room it's in because you're at home. Uh, You need to think about color, lighting, furniture, and focal point. Those are the big four, apparently. Uh, You should use colors that match how you want to feel in each room. Uh, Your living room. Okay, so there's a lot of shoulds in this article because professionals think that they know everything about how you should do something and it's like well it's my house so right go like what i like right 
so I'm gonna say should a lot, but also it's your damn house. <laughs> you wanna? My friend Marilyn had to paint all of her walls like beige when she moved because she had like magenta in the living room. <laughs> she just liked <laughs> bright colors, and then that wasn't going to photograph well <laughs> or sell well, right? And so she had to paint everything beige for the pictures. But like, do what you want. Who cares? <laughs> but they say. Living rooms should be decorated using warmer earth tones that give a feeling of calmness because that's where everyone kind of comes together to relax after a long day. Kitchens and bathrooms that are the busier areas and are associated with brighter colors, more vibrant. You know, kitchens are often yellow. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of yellow kitchens. Yeah. Bathrooms, I don't know. All the walls in my apartment are gray and the cabinets are white. So <laughs> that's what I got. We have one beige wall in our house and it's in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's a very, you can barely tell that it's beige. Yeah. It's like very light, but it's there. Yeah. Lighting. It is common for living rooms to depend on overhead lighting, but wall lights and lamps can be used to allow more control of the mood. So obviously you're going to have your like ceiling light because you have to, it has to function. It has to function as a living room. Mm -hmm. But, obviously, you got a little... I prefer a table lamp. Actually, that's a lie. I prefer string lights. (laughs) If we're going for for a mood that is not, you know, function, obviously, you get some light off of the string lights. But also, they look nicer, and it's like a softer light than just like a straight-up-to-the-ceiling floor lamp. Yeah. It looks nicer, and it's fun, and <laughs> it's not so harsh. On the eyeballs. I feel that. Mm-hmm. Our living room does not have... Our condo in general doesn't have overhead lights, except for in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, in the entryway. So we have a floor lamp in our living room, and if we weren't looking at moving recent or soon, then I would definitely look at getting some, like, table lamps. We just don't have end tables, though. So yeah. we would we'd be finding a place to put those. Um, but I do well, like hopefully- the idea... Wherever you go has ceiling lights, has overhead lighting. Yes. That's, we are hoping to go somewhere a little more modern. Uh, Mm -hmm. Our building is 107 years old, 106 years old. So the next place should have overhead lighting. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I would definitely like to control the mood a little bit more in my living room rather than just a floor lamp on or off for sure. Yeah. Even the lamps that are like, you click it three times and it has like the three different lights and it's like one Mm -hmm. bulb, two bulb, all bulbs. Did you have those tap lamps? Yes. Yeah, we had those. The great thing about that is that it doesn't know the difference between a human and a cat. (laughs) (laughs) And you had cats. Yeah, we always had lots of cats. My grandparents had those at their house. We never had them at my mom and dad's, but my grandparents had them by their bedsides. And I remember Mm -hmm. touching those. That's hilarious. Yeah. I forgot all about those, actually. Yeah. That or, or, do you remember the round ones? That you like push like a button, like, click on and click yes. off. Some of those too. I don't know why we had those. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had those as a reading light when I was young. Yeah. Like on my bedside or something. Yeah, I mean, we had them in like, or, yeah, I think we probably had some in like, because we had like storage spaces under our stairs. So probably just in there. It's You don't need a lot of light. Uh, they're fine. <laughs> it's just a little battery operated and you can get like a little thing to hang it on the wall. Mm-hmm. Furniture. The furniture dictates the function, obviously. Houses are set up to have rooms with specific purposes, but if you decided to put your dining room table in what they're calling the living room, again, it's your house. <laughs> Who cares? Do what you want. Yeah. You should match the fabric textures that give off the same mood as the colors. So I don't do interior design. <laughs> I was going to say... Something about burlap, but I don't know what color that should go with. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't really know. So one thing I learned in college about communication is that, like, it's it a person's mood and reaction can be based on or triggered by something as small as a color. So, like... Well, yeah, that's why it's big in advertising. Yeah, it would make sense that the texture of something, like, if you were trying to, like, relax on your couch and, like... You don't maybe want the, burlap. <laughs> yeah, maybe the sequins on the pillow were, like, blue and matched match the colors and were calming colors. But 
maybe it's pissed you off because they were itchy and scratchy. So like I could see texture definitely being like an important piece there for sure in setting. I just don't know which fabrics would go with which colors. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're not interior designers. Well, I would know that if I was an interior designer. That is knowledge that you would gain. (laughs) It's not inherent, but uh, I don't know. Burlap. (laughs) Burlap. Probably not great for your your living room at all. No. I would say. That sounds itchy scratchy. Yeah. Uh, And then finally, your focal point. The main focal point helps define the function and the atmosphere. So identify or create your focal point in the room that matches the atmosphere you want and design the room around it. If you want it to be a nice, relaxing living room and you have a fireplace, maybe you make sure that that is kind of, you know... We had a fireplace and there was like our big light at the top that kind of shone down on the fireplace. Yeah. That was your focal piece. Yes. All of our, I mean, we didn't, the house was our, we didn't build the house, but, but I mean, yes. it was there. Yeah. And our furniture kind of, I mean, sometimes our furniture faced each other with the, the fireplace at one end and sometimes it faced the fireplace altogether. But it was usually centered around. Yes. That. But if you have like a nice den with a big wall of bookshelves. You're going to not put your furniture up against the bookshelf wall because that would be stupid and you couldn't use it. <laughs> but also yep. because that is the focal piece of that room. You would put it on the other side so you can appreciate your books while you sit in there and you read. And a nice blanket. <laughs> Sounds like you're heaven. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's why that's the, the one thing that popped into my mind. Obviously... Things like your kitchen and your bathroom aren't really going to have focal points because those are f- more function. Yeah. I mean, some. I guess some bathrooms have art pieces in them. My bathrooms are always just too small. Yeah. I have an apartment with a standard shower and a sink that's just a little bit too low. Yep. Just a tiny little bathroom. Mm-hmm. I guess shower head's also a little bit low. What? The shower head? Mm-hmm. Oh. Ours is awesome. I love ours. Ours doesn't, mine doesn't, we have two bathrooms. Mine doesn't quite touch my head, but there's definitely like only two inches or so. (laughs) So I would have to. (laughs) If you were any taller than me, you would not have a good time in there. Yep. I would probably not like that. (laughs) Yeah. There were also articles about like, oh, you scent to create, but you know, change the mood. You can layer scents. But a lot of those were from candle companies. (laughs) And I'm like... Okay, Joe Malone, or whatever your name is. I mean, I think there might be some truth to that, because if you think well, about there, it... I mean, there is, but also, yeah. I'm, it's like, oh, buy our tomato basil candle. To set this mood. Like, put if it you, in like your, you like and it. And it's like, okay, well, you're not really giving me... You're marketing. You're giving me kind of hints, but also you're telling me what to do with your stuff. You're marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yes, I have right now Kelsey's strawberry pound cake or whatever candle... On the table that I don't burn because it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but also I have my Twisted Peppermint one. Ooh. It's so good. If I were reading a book that was like, I don't know, on a tropical island that I would probably never read. <laughs> but I did just read a book that took place on an island, but it was about a plane crash. So <laughs> it's not exactly it's the nothing same vibe. tropical island it's not, about it. Well, it's tropical. But it's not quite the vibe that I want for, you know, if I light a pina colada candle and like put some nice relaxing waves up on the TV, it's not exactly the same feeling just because that's where the book is. Yes. But two very different settings. I I do. But it's just a fun little extra layer. Often, well, I can't see out the window. Where I sit at work, I sit close enough to the counter that I can't see over the top because the top is higher than the counter. It's not, I'm not sitting on the floor. <laughs> I can't see over the counter, but it, the front of the counter goes up an extra like foot and a half probably from mm-hmm. the back counter where we work. And so if I'm sitting, then I can't like see over that because I sit close enough. <laughs> and then I just like get all into my book and it's like, oh, I don't know that it's sunny outside. <laughs> it's, it's cold back here, right? It's cold in my head. Yeah. Even though I can't set any extra stuff up because I'm at work. But but it's fun at home. Mind is a powerful thing. Yeah. Change a little bit. 
Or just like when you're laying in bed and you're like, okay, time to relax. And you just have your string lights on and watching Netflix. Yes. Or like we were talking about the other day with the rain on a tent. Just like imagining it's... you're camping. Mm-hmm. That's what I, yeah. I mean, that's what I do when I go to sleep often. I pull up. Well, there's one that I like. And it's rain on a car. And it's like, that doesn't often happen here. That's one of the few things that I miss about living back in Washington. It's like, you can just like ride around in your friend's like warm car and go get a chai at Starbucks. <laughs> just like sit in the parking lot and hang out and it's raining on the car and like, it's mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> it is nice. I do. There's potential for us to be leaving Portland soon. And that's one of the things that I hold near and dear to my heart is the rainy days. Like mm-hmm. not everyone has rainy days like Portland has rainy days. <laughs> yeah. Soon-ish. You have a while to... Well, I mean, yes, but, like, we were even talking about potentially, like, moving to Bend before we moved to potentially Raleigh, yeah. so there's just Bend less rain over still there. still on the coast, at least. No, it's Eastern Is Oregon. That? No, Eastern Oregon. What am I thinking of? Maybe Bandon? No, I'm thinking Bend. I just always thought it was on the coast. Oh, uh, no, it's uh, east of, it's southeast of Mount Hood. Have I never been to Bend? I don't, I don't know. know. If you asked me, I would have said the coast. Oh, yeah. No. Like Eastern Astoria, Cannon Beach, Bend. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, Eastern Oregon. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like just drier, more deserty yeah. over there. But when it rains, it rains hard over there. It's like the prairie rain versus the rain on a car type rain. Yeah. But those sounds and those things definitely set a vibe. If you do enough of them, you can trick yourself, like you said. Mm-hmm. That's a fun topic. I thought so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said waves, and it reminded me, it took me back to, like, when I was young, my parents had a noise machine. Mm-hmm. Like, an, one of the alarm clocks that shot the stars to the sky, and then it also had the noises with it. Yeah, S- I did not have that. Sleep, sleep, <laughs> sleep sound machine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And my mom's favorite was always the, it was either the crickets or the waves. Yeah. Took me right back to there. <laughs> I had an alarm clock that, obviously, you could set. Just to, like, play the radio, but also you decided to play sounds. And I usually had it on the bird one, because if it was the music, I would just... That didn't bother me. But I would usually have it on the bird setting. But also, the birds outside, it sounded like the same birds, for the most part. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if the birds there were, like, mimicky kinds of birds, and they just, like, heard my alarm enough that they started doing it. Sometimes they would wake me up early and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Go out of bed. You are not my alarm. No. There was also like a waves one that sounded awful. It just sounded like static. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it would get louder and quieter, but because it was supposed to be waves, <laughs> it just <laughs> sounded like static. There's some pretty awful sounds out there. Mm-hmm. We discovered that while we were looking for the rain on a tent. I told you, I already knew that. Yeah, there's some, definitely some ones that are better than others. By far. Yeah, I pulled up one the other night that was like, I think it was like 10 hours of rain on a car. It's like, oh, real driving. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm sure that it loops at some point. It's not just 10 straight hours of driving. That would be insane. But then, like, when I woke up, it was still going because I slept for less than 10 hours. <laughs> I try not to pick the ones that are that long. I usually do, like, eh, three tops. But it definitely did loop but after like i'm gonna say 45 seconds oh man 10 hours of 45 (laughs) second loops (laughs) yeah which i did not realize because i was asleep (laughs) but as i was like laying there because it was like nighttime driving so i could tell like like it faded back into that green light where they started at or whatever and they like turn and then that other car comes in it's like i'm like this sounds like the same thing over and over every 10 whole hours then i yeah, and then I watched it for a while. I'm like, okay, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is just like a very short loop. Suck. I mean, it didn't matter because I was sleep. asleep. Yeah, so. it served its purpose, but... Yeah. Well, I do not have a fourth topic, because slippers. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe slippers were I know, one. of all the fucking things. Yeah. I had something else, too. I don't even remember what it was at this point. I was like, no, she might pick that. <laughs> <laughs> we should just start doing our things. Just going with them. And if we double up, we what? double up. 
you said i mean that's what we do yeah i know but you said <laughs> oh she might pick that so you pick something else and then i ended up being the same anyways well i mean i was like that was slippers was the one that i was going to and then i was, had a thought about something else i'm like no i'm just gonna stick with slippers i don't even know if it was slippers or if it was setting the mood that was the alternate oh I just remember that I had the thought that you might pick something, and that's why I didn't pick that one instead of these two. <laughs> but one of these two was already the same anyways. Yeah. Oh, man. Of all the things. We didn't do road trips together. We didn't. But slippers. Yeah. Oh, I'm a brunette now. I was thinking the other day. <laughs> like, I... Because my hair is... I mean, the ends are still... the left. It's still more colored than not, mm-hmm. but it is extremely faded because it's been, like, almost two years since I got my hair done because I got it done right before I moved out here I was looking in the mirror and I'm like wow I forget just like how brown my hair is normally. <laughs> how brown it actually is like I is. know that my hair is brown I just don't feel like a brunette you yeah. know like I don't feel if someone said that I was a brunette I don't feel like that word would describe me I don't know even if it is accurate even if it's just a, a statement of fact it's a, it's a mindset for sure like, for me, like, being blonde is a mindset, being a brunette is a bl- mindset, and it's nothing more than, like, just changing my physical appearance, but, like, mm-hmm. sometimes I change my identity based on my attitude, what I feel and I'm looking like at the moment, you know? Yeah. So. I just never feel more myself than when I have red hair, whether that's, like, a naturally kind of orange red or, like, violet. Yeah. Because I've gone all the like all the of them. The whole spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, mine currently right. But r- red tones feel like me. Yeah. I, that's kind of, kind of why I went with this color that I went with is it's brownie, but also still a little bit like reddish auburny. So mm-hmm. I like the way it looks with my skin tone and it feels just very me more so than like a platinum blonde or a dark brown. So I feel that. I've thought of a blonde, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not a blonde. I could not see that. <laughs> no. Could not. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I have a hard time imagining that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> you were like a dirty blonde. Yeah, it's very light brown, but it's definitely not blonde. Blonde. No. It's definitely still brown. It's just like two or three shades below yeah. what a blonde could be started at, probably. And when you were younger, your hair was a lot lighter, too. So, like... I don't know about that. Uh, I feel like your hair's gotten a little darker as you've gotten older, older, but not by much. I haven't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> not by much. But even then, like, thinking back, like, I just could not picture you as anything lighter than what you already are. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> no. Could not do it. No. That'd be weird. <laughs> All right, friend. It's getting late. You work a double yep. tomorrow. Yep. I get back to work tomorrow. I'm not prepared. Yep. <laughs> Should we close? Yeah. Okay. Me? Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Yes Dude Podcast. Let us know. <laughs> Girl Scout cookies? No. The- what did you talk about? Because I can't think of anything to go with mine. <laughs> Moonstruck. Oh, shoot. (laughs) There's no call to action. (laughs) No. Let us know what your favorite kind of slipper is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's your ideal slipper? Like, I feel like slippers are personal. What's your ideal slipper? Yes. If you had to Frankenstein together a slipper. Or, better yet, cobble together a slipper because that's the shoes. Or design (laughs) your own slipper. Well, cobble together. Cobble is a cobbler is the shoemaker. So okay, <laughs> I guess <laughs> that would made more sense than Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Let us know on Instagram and Twitter what your favorite kind of slipper is, or if you could create your very own personal slipper. What would you make? My toes are still cold. <laughs> <laughs> you you can go ahead and give us a. <laughs> I know it's not like and subscribe. <laughs> Damn it, YouTube. A review and a rate. Rate and review. <laughs> rate and review. Whoever you listen. Really helps us out. Tell your friends and your dentist. Or whatever. <laughs> Whoever you talk to these days. Yeah. Just like airdrop an episode. 
to someone when you're at the grocery store. <laughs> to do that. Their lives will airdrop, be better for it. Airdrop your favorite episode to someone at the grocery store. If you do that, I will definitely shout you out. Yeah, absolutely. But you have to prove it, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I don't know. Take a screenshot of your phone with the airdrop on. I don't know. <laughs> We're reaching now. <laughs> well, I don't know how you would possibly prove that. Anyway, we're gonna go. We're <laughs> going. We will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.